Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, former pro football quarterback and president of the Sold Out Youth Foundation, Roman Gabriel III. Join us for up-close conversations with high-impact people dedicated to faith and family from the world of sports and entertainment. Remember, Sold Out relies on you, the listener, and your support in order to deliver this program. You can donate to the Sold Out Youth Foundation at soldouttv.com. Follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel III. Check out the Sold Out program at soldouttv.com along with its mission to impact America's youth by challenging students to be alcohol and drug abstinent and teaching valuable life skills and biblical principles of success. Today, Roman's guests on Sold Out Sports Talk are linebacker Christian Kirksey of the Cleveland Browns. It's not about going out there and making a play for yourself, but it's going out there and just saying, like, you know, I'm taking this God-given ability and, you know, I'm playing for him. You know, I'm playing for my teammates. And John Brankus, host of the TV show Sports Science. Look, there is a true path to go. God is with me. And failing is just an indicator of, well, that isn't going to work. Try a different way. And that's fine. Here's Roman Gabriel III. I'm with Christian Percy. Cleveland Browns linebacker, Iowa guy, right here with us. And I love having the young guys in, man. I still consider you a young guy, even though you're a six-year guy. Uh, because we have so many guys that have, you know, retired and alumni yeah. that come in here. Love to have the young guys. Uh, appreciate you coming in on Sold Out. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm, it's a blessing to be here. Okay, so I talked to your friend Seth DeValve, tied in on the lead last two years. Obviously, it was a tough conversation, yeah. to, you know, last two years about yeah. the Browns. But this year, Wow. You guys, you guys have uh, made the jump and, and and seen what it's like to be successful. How's it feel? Feels good, you know. Um, you know, being in Cleveland for you know five previous years, uh, that was a tough time. It's a hard time, but uh, it definitely feels good once you like go through a struggling season and you have the the type of outcome we had this year. And we're, we're nowhere near where we want to be. Um, but we, we made great improvements, and, uh, you know, we just ready to see what next year holds for us and, you know, ready to get back on the grind. But you know from coming from a winning club like Iowa, yeah. with that tradition, that it doesn't take long when you get the taste of winning and when everybody begins to see what you're capable of doing. When that confidence comes, it changes things. It, it, it changes, man, and, and confidence, you know, it, it it affects a lot of things. It affects the people around you. It, it affects fans. Yeah, fans, you know, the city, and I think that, once we got that first winner in our belt, we understood that, you know, we could compete with anybody in the league. And I think that, you know, our confidence just shot up in the roof. And I think that, you know, the guys around us got more and more comfortable with each other and comfortable playing that their chemistry just started, started to build. And we saw how people was treating us or, you know, just seeing on ESPN, like they're talking positive right, about right. the Browns instead of like negativity. Well, so, what's interesting too is, is that you guys closed out some games this year. Yeah. Had a couple of you didn't, but, yeah. but, but uh, when you start closing, it, it becomes fun. It, it becomes fun and, you know, it feels like real NFL football, you know, and, uh, my rookie year is probably our best season that we had uh, uh, prior to this year. Uh, we went seven and nine, and at one point we was number one in the AFC North, sitting at remember that uh, seven and four. Out of the gate. Yeah, yeah, we were seven and four. Uh, we had just beat Atlanta, and uh, on the road, so that, that put us as the number one seed in, uh, in uh, AFC North, and we had a, a, a bit of winning taste, you know, and then we lost five straight after that, and ended the season at seven and nine. So that was probably my most memorable season. You know, I wanted to ask you a question, you know, being in the year six of your career, when you know, when you come into the league, 
there's a lot to learn, right? Yes, there's uh, a lot. What I've found over the years is that mentorship in the NFL is a real important thing, that, that if you can find that player or that coach that really cares about you, that wants to help you and get that edge early on, somebody could show you the ropes. Uh, and then when you get to that point, like you right. are at year six, uh, you have the opportunity to pass that on to a young player coming in. Um, right. Tell me about what that's like on the rookie side and what that's like on your side. Well, you know, as, as a rookie, you have a lot of things going on, um, whether it's financially, uh, whether it's just being on your own or, you know, whether it's dealing with family. You have a lot of stuff, and at the same time, now you got to carry yourself as a business because it's not college anymore. You're not on a four-ride scholarship. You know, it's, it's 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 a business. So you have a lot of things, you know, going your way, whether it's on a, on the field or, you know, from the outside of the field. You just got a lot of a lot of tugging going on, and you really need to sit down and talk to an older guy who's been through it to kind of help you manage that and kind of help you get through it. And, uh, you know, if I thought how I think now as a rookie, man, it's, it'd be night and day, man. It'd be a lot of things that I would have done differently uh, as far as I like, take care of my body, you know, being more in tune in a, in a, in a film room, um, you know, doing more things off the field. It's, it's just a lot of things that you don't know, and it's it's not your fault because you're a rookie, so, like, you, you're not supposed to know, but right. more and more older guys need to talk to yeah, young yeah, guys when and you're show on, guys the rope, you know? When you're on a young team, you don't have those veterans. Yeah, you don't have Sometimes anybody to show you. Everybody's learning together, Yeah, so the curve is a little slower. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was talking to uh, Hall of Famer Rod Woodson, who was, a, who was a Pittsburgh Steelers All-Pro and one of the great cornerbacks of all time yeah. on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and, you know, he was talking about what you're talking about, and... You know, he's coached with the Raiders, and we were sitting down at the table, and I said, "Um, tell me about the mentorship thing in in your career, where it changed. And he said, you know, I was in year three with the Steelers, and, you know, I was playing well, and people were starting to notice me. And he said, I had a coach pull me aside and say, Rod, you've got the potential to be a Hall of Famer, to be a great player, but you're going to have to change your work habits. Right. You're going to have to do some things differently because you're too good for this. Right. Uh, and he said, I remember him saying that to me, and I remember him saying that, and it always rang true. It's when I, when I clicked in for me that something could change for me and I could be a lot better football player. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 true, man. I mean, I I was blessed to have, you know, real veteran players in a room when I when I got to Cleveland in my rookie year. Uh, some of those guys, uh, Craig Robinson, Zach Dials, Tank Carter, uh, but most of all, uh, Carlos Dansby, he was the oldest, the oldest one. I think he was in... He was in like year twelve, my rookie year. So he he, you know, gave me a lot of, a lot of knowledge of how to you know carry yourself as a pro. And it's one thing they told me, saying, "Man, it's going to be a lot of ups and downs. You're going to see. You're going to see. You know, coaches tell you you can't do what you used to do. Uh, you're not good enough. Uh, they will praise you. You know, it'll be times where like you're at the top of the the mountain, and there's times where you're at the low valley." And he said, never let it steal your joy from the game and the reason why you do things that you do. And, and I, that really stuck with me. Yeah. And um, whether that's on the field or off the field, you know, that's life. You know, you can go through challenges in life. You can go through, go through phases of your life where it's like, you know, can't nobody tell you anything. Like, you're feeling good. Yeah. You're this type of person. And there's going to be times where you're struggling. But you got to keep that, 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 that same energy and that same momentum and tell yourself, like, hey, I got to keep my joy. You know, I, I can't let nobody dictate, like, well, my joy. That brings know? me to why we do what we do at Sold Out Sports Talk. We're all yeah. about faith, family, and sports. And we're right. talking to guys about how they use their platform, talking about playing for a purpose, playing for a mission for the Lord Jesus Christ. And 
Um, tell me about Faith Family and football, when that started for you. And I know you have a father who was yeah. a, a pastor. So. so I was born in the church. Uh, my, my dad, um, he was a pastor, uh, Christ Temple on the Rock. My mom, um, she was a minister. So, you know, my, I was I was in the church, man. Uh, it, it really helped me to, to how I think, um, because you hear stories like in biblical times and, you know, you know, you hear challenges and then you you kind of sit back and be like, OK, I'm hearing this. But like, how does it apply to my life? And then you go through your own challenges, and you go through your own things and you realize that regardless of you know, you're going to go through tough times. You know, you could be the richest man in the world. You're still going to have some type of tough time, like whether it's mentally or whether it's emotionally, you're going to, you're going to go through your challenges. And I, and I, I know like with the man growing um, in my faith, uh, how I am is that I apply everything to my life to football. So like, for example, going like 0 16, you know, um, I look at, that's just a challenge that you got to overcome. You know, like, you know, God said, you know, trials and tribulations is just a test of a man's faith. So I, I apply that to, you know, football and I apply it to life. Mm-hmm. And just growing up and just being in a, in a church home, you know, it's not always easy. It's not always right. easy doing the right but thing. But you're challenged and, to do the right yeah, thing. Yeah, you're, you're challenged to. And it, it may, my dad used to always say, like, it looks way easier to do it that way, but that's wrong. <laughs> and that's the same thing with you know, football, it's, it's, it's easy to get, you know, sidetracked and say, oh, I'm not going to work out. I'm just going to take all of the blessings that football brought to me and just be like, you know, it is what it is. It takes a real disciplined man to, like, really still go to work out, still, you know, put yourself in the best position to succeed. Well, what I so, learned when I was in college, I, got, I became a Christian when I was 13. And when I went off to college, I really learned for the first time the difference between playing for yourself or playing for your team or playing for your parents, which are all good things. Yeah. Uh, but what what turned the switch for me as a person and as a player was when I realized I'm playing this for Jesus. Um, right. When I walk on the field, I'm expected to play at my best because he would expect the best out of me. He would right. do the same. Right. Uh, and it is not about me. It's about team. Yep. Uh, and that means I can't let my teammates down. It means that I have to, I, I have to step up to a higher level. Uh, and a lot of people think as a Christian that somehow that makes you soft, but uh, that's not true. It, it, right. it, he was a warrior. Jesus right. was a warrior. And as a Christian athlete, we're called to go out and mimic what he would do, which was he would play hard. He would right. be first on, last off. Right. He would sacrifice for a teammate. He would play hurt. Right. He would do whatever it took to bring glory to God. And uh, that really changed my life in terms of the way I looked at playing the game. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's so true. Um, and I, you know, I tell guys all the time, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. It's not. It's not about going out there and making a play for yourself, but it's going out there and just saying, like, you know, I'm taking this God-given ability, and you know, I, I'm playing for Him. You know, uh, I'm playing for my teammates. You know, I'm playing for my family. And I think that when you you take your selfish ways out of it, you will see like you're starting to play better. You're starting to have peace and joy it's on the field. Fun. It's just it's just pure fun. But when you're thinking about, oh, man, I got to do this, I got to make this play to, you know, help me financially, like me, 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 then it just starts to take away from the whole game. Right. And, uh, you know, and it's just like, you know, as, as being a Christian, uh, just in your daily walk, you know, uh, if you think about yourself, nobody want to be around a person that's just always about me, you know. Cleveland like, Browns linebacker Christian Kirkston, uh, final moments on Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel. Um, tell me about your impact and your platform now that you've been in the league six years. What, what's God telling you in terms of what he wants you to do in terms of using this platform to impact others? Well, for me, uh, I'm just trying to help out, uh, whether it's with my foundation, uh, giving back. Uh, I know God blessed me to bless others. And, you know, sometimes you can struggle with that as far as, like, you know, at the end of the day you got to live as a man, but at the same time you got to understand, like, okay, 
like God gave me this talent so you know I can I can help reach others you know uh, I can show guys that you know you can play football you can still be cool but at the same time still let it be known that you live for Jesus Christ right. you know and uh, I think that that's where I'm at in my life is just you know showing guys the right way to be a person because how about you know, kids in Cleveland? What are you doing up there? Are you doing oh, anything? Yeah, I'm doing, a, I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot yeah. with, uh, with with Cleveland. Uh, so I, I give back to uh, different schools. I have a uh, foundation called the Kirkland uh, Foundation, and that's basically just helping. What's the out website? Uh, just so it's ChristianKirksey.com, and I'm, I'm actually getting the website uh, yeah, up and running. Yeah, good for you. And uh, so basically, it's just you know getting kids involved, showing them that you know that we as football players is not just seen on TV and just, you know, make a touchdown, make a tackle, things like that. But it's saying that, you know, I'm, I'm going to teach you how to be a person. I'm going to teach you how to be the best individual that you can be. Um, just being a uh, mentor, uh, just going to having football camps, uh, just doing different things like that to where like, you just get people involved in the city involved because, you know, it, it, it takes a village to raise a child. Awesome. You know, so it's like as long as I'm in Cleveland, I'm trying to be as, as packful as I can. And I think that that's, that's the best thing you can do as an athlete is you have so many people looking up to you, and it's like how do you like use your image to, to affect others, and that's really what I'm trying to do. Uh, faith, family, and football is all about. Christian, thanks for coming on. What a pleasure. I hope you'll come on again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It, it's been a blessing just sitting here and talking with you. Thanks for coming in. When we come back, more on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. You're listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with John Brankus, host of the TV show Sports Science. Visit SoldOutTV.com and consider donating to the Sold Out Youth Foundation. And follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel III. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. John Brinkus for the sports science guy, yeah. but now with his own podcast, Brink of Midnight, come on. And we got Soul and Science. It's on NFL Network and a deal with Intel that's going to take things to the 10X level. Like, it's just going to blow your mind. I'm looking forward to it. The podcast yep. is cool, though, man. I just want to compliment yeah, you. Yeah, I it's, appreciate it. It's different. It. It's and, different. And there's a lot of different people that come on, and I think it's a much wider audience than just a sports audience. Yeah, it, you know, it's a, the Brink of Midnight podcast. You can find it anywhere. It's all about the moment in life when everything changes. So for me, I sat next to my wife on a plane. Turns out we, we fell instantly in love, and we lived two blocks away from each other on the same street in L.A. So, like, the, those sort of things, those are God wings, right? Those are, like, like what are the odds? I was even flying with, the, with somebody else, and we got separated. So I don't even know if I had the right ticket. You know, my wife was holding a book that said a perfect match. We ended up getting married in the Vatican. Like, everything just, like, fell into place. And actually, since that point, that was pre-sports science. Yeah. I still have, two years ago, that video of you telling me that you got married to the Vatican. People still comment about that video up yeah. on our side. It's just nuts. <laughs> it's just nuts, right? It's, it's, it's the audacity to ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, here's the other good news. You're, you're partnering with Ray Lewis. Uh, Ray of Hope. Yep, Ray of and Hope this Foundation. this is a big event with a lot of huge people. Talk about Ray of Hope, what you guys are trying to accomplish, and and how you got you know Ray Lewis in with you on this, and how that yeah. happened. So I met Ray on Sports Science, and we just became really great friends. Um, the what happened was someone, uh, Rob Vaca, who's the third uh, founding member, member called me and he said, "Hey, you know, there's a kid. He was paralyzed playing football. You're his hero. He wants a message from you, a message of hope." So I delivered. You know, I took out my phone. I 
you know, said, said a little thing of here's how you need to get back. Here's how you need to think, you know, one breath, one step, one thought at a time. And, um, you know, so he had this, this kid had this miraculous recovery. Then we had, you know, somebody else who was a family member of mine who had brain cancer. And I said, Hey, Ray, you know, he's your biggest fan. You know, why don't you do a video? So he did a video and brain cancer disappeared. It was this miraculous recovery. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's not, I'm not a huge fan of social media. I'm like, but maybe there is a reason we're all connected via cell phone. Like anybody can call anybody else in the world. Maybe there's a reason. So let's create a foundation called Ray of Hope. We'll get all of the celebrities, athletes that we know who will, if you, if you are in a dark place, if, if you, your, your child is sick, if you're broke, if you, you know, have become depressed, if something bad has happened, you go to rayofhope.org. Uh, rayofhopefoundation.org and put in a request for your favorite celebrity or athlete to deliver you a personalized, individualized, inspirational message. And those little 30-second, one-minute clips just change people's lives. Yeah, but John, you said it, though. There's so much negativity on the yep. Internet, you know? Yep. And what you just said was so important. We need to be able to give people, as you said, a ray of hope. But this is a great opportunity to use the Internet in a way that can change so many people's lives and take advantage of that multiplication rather than people calling people's names or, exactly. or, or denigrating people to actually do something that can change a person's outlook, or change a person's health, yep. change a person's life. It's amazing how just knowing that someone is out there who loves you and cares about you and they're, there and, and they're your idol. And when they say to you, look, I'm, an, I'm just a human being like you. I've had my ups and downs. You can make it. You can get through this problem. It's amazing the uh, multiplication effect that it ends up having. On. John Brinkus is with us, Sports Science and Ray of Hope, going to have a great event here at the Super Bowl. And, of course, Brink of Midnight on podcast. Yep. Check it out. It's really cool. Yep. Uh, tell me a couple of guests that you've really enjoyed on the show. Oh, God. <laughs> Ray was, Ray was Ray guest was number one, man. I mean, Ray's story of... You know, that singular moment where everything changed in his life or, you know, where he never would have played yeah, football, yeah. you know, was uh, his mom, you know, you know, he, he didn't have a father and he, he only lived with his mother and um, his coaches ended up uh, paying the $15 fee that it took to play youth football. And he's like, if I didn't get that $15, yeah. mama no didn't want me to no. play. Mama didn't come to my game. Mama had to work. He's like, I didn't, we didn't have $15. I'm like, that was a pretty good return on investment right yeah. there, you know? So it's been great. I mean, Ray, Ray, Ray's such a, he's been, he's been such a great friend. And he's one of my best friends, you know, and, and if anybody is in town, if anybody's in Atlanta, you can go to rayofhopefoundation.org and get your ticket. Come on by the event. You know, make sure that, you know, support it in any way. You can donate, come to the event, or, you know, if you yourself are in a dark place, just go to Ray of Hope Foundation org and you know put in a request. I wanted to ask you this because sports science is such a big deal, yeah. and and it's in, you know, sometimes things happen in life you, you're not ready for them to happen, but when they do happen, they change a person's life. How has sports science changed your life? Oh, in what in the ways that it's changed it? You know, what was interesting is, and I'm not kidding you. This is uh, I heard from several people when I was growing up. I was always in the student government. You know, I was always very comfortable creating events and being in front of people and public speaking. I was always comfortable, you know, throughout college. And I had several people say, you know what? You're going to go on and be famous. And I had no goal to be, like, famous. Now, when I say I'm famous, I'm not famous famous. I'm famous within, you know, the sports world. A lot of people right, know who right. I am. 
But sports science came along, and when I went in to pitch it, I would I did not pitch myself as the host. Really, I, I went in and I said, "Hey, we're going to do this. You know, do the show, get the world's greatest athletes." And the GM of Fox at the time was like, "Who are you getting to host it?" And I'm like, "Well, you guys are going to license it from us, so you know, you, you can pay for anybody you want." Right. And they said, "Well, how about you do it? We like the way really? you articulate it. We love your passion." And I said, "Yeah, I'll do it. I mean, if I suck, I'll fire so myself." So were you surprised that day when they did that? I, on that day at that time, I was. I, I literally thought to myself, like. This could be a game changer. Like this could like change things and, and push things in a different direction. And you know, it's really the show that um, you know. Our, I mean, our, our production company had fourteen different shows going when Sports Science came around, and I just happened to be the host of it. And and you know, went on for you know, we're now in our twelfth year of doing either Sports Science or Solon Science. And um, when yeah, did I'm, you I'm know? Very grateful. When did when did you know that this was going to be a huge hit? I, you know, we never knew. What's interesting is that it was on uh, Fox Sports. So Fox Sports at the time was not FS1. It was not a unified network. It was a conglomeration of regional networks. networks. So they ran sports science at random times. And what was interesting is how, you know, I would just be in a random airport and, and you know, some kids would come up to me or college kids would be like, oh, my God, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, this is just a regional little show that doesn't have a time slot. Right. So it started catching on. It went once ESPN came along and said, "We want you on our network," and we had won. You know, ultimately we ended up winning six Emmys, and I wrote a New York Times bestselling book. Eventually, you say, "Yeah, you know what? This is something." But I have to say something very that's very important. I never ever buy into the "Oh my gosh, you're so successful." I yeah, never yeah. buy into that because once you start buying into the "Wow, I made something successful," and you sit back, then it all goes away. Exactly. Yeah, it disappears. So you just, you have to, if you're an athlete, any kind of entrepreneur, as soon as you start, what I like to say, believing the BS that people are telling you, then you're done. And you and I, you and I get to do something that very few people get to do, which is talk to people who are of a high impact, who have done it. And to say, you know, I always say this, even with you, you know, what you did for me and yeah. others that I have on my show, I'll go, how can I take that and apply that to my life? Yeah. How, you know, how uh, I'm hearing so many successful people talk about success. It, 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 it jumps on you, doesn't it? it just, I mean, what happens is, it, it, you know, I did an independent study with Steven, Steven Soderbergh. He had just directed Sex, Lies, and Videotape um, when I was in college. And he said, talent plus persistence equals perceived luck. Be ready when it happens. You know, it's funny how, you know, people who win the lottery usually play it all the time. It's like people who end up succeeding in media have failed 50 times. Yes. And that 51st time, they ended, that, like it ended up working. Like, it's just part of the equation of, you know, you got you to gotta try. And I love to call it the Jordan swagger. Like, think of the Jordan swagger when people are like, Jordan's the greatest friend, you yeah. know, greatest basketball player of all time. True. Does he have the highest free free throw percentage? Does he have the highest field goal percentage? Like, did he hit that? Like, what? Like, what in Michael Jordan's game? Like, made him Michael Jordan? It was the swagger. It was the belief. It was the you know the, I missed a shot. That it's the ball's fault. I'll make it next right. time. Right? I'm gonna practice. I gotta evolve my game. It's like there's all, all there's so many different things. John Brinkus, boy, I always love talking to you. Uh, do me a favor. We do a school program for sixth graders and ninth graders on drug and alcohol absence and oh, character, gosh. right? 
on how to teach these kids life skills. Yeah. And the big thing that I hear from a lot of this generation is, yeah. hey, I'm afraid to try. Somebody might think might, might embarrass me or I might be embarrassed. I'd rather not try if I know I, you know, I'm not going to, if it's not 100% because I don't want to, I don't want someone to say that I couldn't do it. Uh, look in the camera and tell students today, you know, why is it important to go for it? Why is it important not to be afraid of failure? Failure is a fun and interesting lesson. You know, when, when, you know, Thomas Edison had the very famous expression, you know, I discovered a thousand ways to not make a light bulb. You know, not, oh, I discovered the one way. He failed a thousand times. It is important. Failure is an important part of life. And it's especially important if you're wise enough to realize, well, I made that mistake. I shouldn't make that mistake again. And the really smart people learn from other mistakes, learn from people who have also failed. So it's really pay attention to life of what actually works. And that's where social media, to me, I'm not sure it's a net positive in, in everyone's life because you see someone become famous for the wrong reason. Mm -hmm. They did something really stupid. They got famous for their 15 minutes and it was over social media. Really believe in yourself and understand, look, there is a true path to go. God is with me. The universe conspires for me to succeed. And failing is just an indicator of, well, that isn't going to work. Try a different way. And that's fine. John, that's such great advice. Thanks so much for coming on. I always love having you on. Thanks for waiting. God bless you. Listen, John, I really appreciate, appreciate you, it. God go to, you. Uh, you know, Ray of Hope Foundation. Yeah, we'll look forward. That's right. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.